Okay, I want to read this scripture this morning, beginning uh, Haggai chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Bless the word, Lord. Uh, Haggai 2, verse 5. This is a, a word here I believe the Lord wants to give some people this morning. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. That's a good word for the, for the people of God. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more in a little while I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and they will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory. Yeah says the Lord of hosts. Now that's a real promise from the Lord in the, in the midst of him shaking the world. Uh, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. In this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. So I think this morning I wanted to just ask anybody, uh, I know there's a lot of shaking going on in the world and a lot of people feel shook in their lives individually, and, and God, but God really has a you know thing He wants to say, and that is um, that He wants to release a peace to people in the midst of all this, and He's declaring even right here that you know it's interesting when He talks about shaking, He brings in the uh, gold and silver, which is you know what we would call money, and a lot of people are you know our nation are really being challenged in the area of our economy. But the Lord's saying it all belongs to him anyway. And God is, is declaring a peace and he's declaring a glory for people, and even in, in troubled times. And I really believe this morning if you are a person who is suffering in your life in this area in particular, I'd like for you to stand up so we could just pray this over you. Um, so if you're going to do that right now, that'd be good. Let some people get around these guys that are standing and, and lay hands on them. Make sure everybody who's standing gets somebody laying hands on them. And we're just going to believe the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Father, we thank you this morning. Uh, Lord, we're in the midst of a great shaking in our nation. Uh, many of us have been affected by this shaking. Many of us have been affected personally and things we're involved in, business, ministry, whatever, Lord. But we're believing this morning that you have declared uh, promises over our lives. And that's what you said uh, right here. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, when you brought us into the kingdom, you've made promises and you've given us the Holy Spirit to abide in us. And we thank you for that today, Lord. And Lord, we realize even in this time of shaking that's going on in, in the natural realm and the world and all the things of the world and the economies of the world and the governments of the world and the businesses of the world, the churches, the body of Christ, Lord, that's even being shook at this hour and even individuals, Lord, that you've made a promise to us, Lord. You made a promise that there really is going to be a transfer of wealth, Lord. Right there it says that you're going to shake all nations and they will come with the wealth of nations. So, Lord, I just pray right now you just release the wealth of nations to these individuals that are standing into the body of Christ. You begin to release the wealth that belongs in your house, Lord. Lord, we just declare that today. You said the silver is yours, the gold is yours. Lord, we just declare that today, Lord, and you also spoke of the glory, which is the manifest presence of God coming, and we declare the manifest presence of God over our lives today. We declare that into the body of Christ today, Lord, the manifest perfect presence of heaven, 
And, Lord, you said in this place we'd have peace. And, Lord, we just release that peace today, right now, in Jesus' name. We thank you for the peace of heaven. We thank you for the peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ. We pray all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And uh, one of the things, thank you, Lord, one of the things that uh, happens when uh, is with us when God begins to do this is I think what I'm seeing that's happening is a lot, is God really, uh, you know what inventory is in a, in a business. People take inventory to find out what they have and what they don't have. Because sometimes people steal stuff, you know, and it don't really get through the system. And, or sometimes things get misplaced uh, in, a, in a business. So, uh, you know, that's a big deal from what I understand in, in a retail business is always is, is inventory control and understanding about the inventory, what they have and don't have. And I think a lots of people, a lot of, uh, I know lots of people are, a lot of churches, a lot of ministries are really going through a time of inventory, are really looking of evaluation of the inventory that we have in our lives, what we have and what we may not have anymore that we thought we had. And so I think it's important to allow God to, uh, you know, examine our hearts and tell us and begin to reveal to us things that, that, that are in there that may not need to be there anymore. And to some things that we think may be there that really should be that are really not there or maybe they've gone dormant on us. And I, and I know one of the things that's happened to me is uh, this week I had this opportunity. I mean, the Lord really spoke to me this, this week. I had this opportunity, this great opportunity to clean out my storage building. And uh, and and as I was, and I spent all day in the storage building, and it was like I spent all day with the Lord talking to me about my life, because I got to go back over the past few years of my life and begin to look at it because of the stuff that was in that storage building, uh, brought me back to different places in my life over the past few years, and I began to hear God speak to me, and <clears throat> one of the things uh, He was showing me there's some things that need to go. And I'm not necessarily talking about sinful things or, or evil things. It was just those things were really no longer relevant to my life. And God wanted me to haul them off from there and get rid of them. But there were some things that he wanted me to really realize that were very valuable to me. And no matter what was happening, to hold on to those things. Are y'all, are y'all with me? So I believe one of the and see I've I've had a it's sort of strange I went through that little exercise with the Lord that's sort of called a little exercise and then I began to uh, have a few people call me this week and talk to me about situations that were going on in their lives or going on in their ministries uh, and and really it, spiritually that was what was happening with them they they were having to go through an inventory of things. And they were having to really look at what they really had because uh, uh, they didn't. Some of them didn't even have what they thought they had. Okay, and that's where we get in our lives sometimes. We don't think we have what. And uh, <clears throat> I was asking the Lord uh, a couple questions, and I felt like the Lord number one. He said He wanted us to be successful. Okay, that was God's heart for us. Okay, He He wants a people that can be successful in this earth. Now. A success is not calculated by your material possessions or or what kind of uh, career you may have. You understand when I talk when I'm talking about success, it really has nothing to do with that. Although that can be a mark of success, that's really not the ultimate success. 
but really it's the sort of the quality of life that you have. Okay, the quality of life. You know, a person who has, you can be very wealthy and have lots of things, but be physically, be sick. That's no quality. I mean, have chronic sickness or chronic pain in your life. That's no quality of life. No, that would be where you couldn't buy your way into health. So, but God, do you understand what I'm saying about success? I want to make sure we understand that. Um, is, and so God's interested in us in having a quality of life for ourselves personally and how that quality of life that we have can affect other people. Okay? It's, it's, so he wants us to have that kind of success where we live a quality of life that's really uh, an abundance, really. The Bible talks about abundance a whole lot, uh, more, more so than it does prosperity. There's an abundance. And to me, abundance means that God has given me everything I need in this life Plus, I have leftover for other. I have something to give other people, both naturally and spiritually. That I'm so full, you know, it comes from Psalm 23, my cup overflows. In other words, I've got enough for me, and then I've got enough for other people around me who may not be in a place of abundance at that moment. I can give them something to help them come into that. So God's interested in bringing the people of God into that place, even in the midst of this time, but here's the thing: we need to shed some stuff that may not necessarily that we don't need to try to carry with us. Because in, in the natural, my storage room got insane. Where you walked in the door and you looked, looked around and you just wanted to leave, you know, because there was nothing else was going in there. It became a very useless place. And if you wanted something, you know, like if I was looking for a tool, that was the ultimate insanity. Is even going there? I mean, like I'm gonna go buy me a whole new toolbox. That's the way I felt. I, just go, I don't even want to go there and try to search for the tools. It's so ridiculous. But finally, I just broke down and, you know, and, and began to, to do that. But one of the things the Lord uh, spoke to me is actually uh, how this happened is uh, I had to go and uh, to speak to the students at MCA. Uh, they were having like an awards day thing, and I, they wanted me to go talk to them for five minutes. I said, so I asked the Lord... Lord, how do I, what do you want me to say to him? And he said, I want you to tell him how to be successful. And I said, well, I would sort of like to know that from me, Lord. You know, I'd like to know how to be successful. Then he, and immediately he told me three things, okay, which I share with him in five minutes on how to be successful in life. Uh, and I wanted to share just a little bit of that with you, maybe elaborate on one, I'm, one or two of them a little bit more. But the first thing in success is this, for you and I in this time, is to know our giftings and callings, okay? That we really, this is a time for us to really begin to discover our giftings and our callings, who, uh, who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us, okay? Uh, Paul the Apostle said a, a really profound statement that really captured me a few years ago. It's Second uh, Timothy 4, 7. He said, I finished my course. Okay, my course. I did not finish somebody else's course. In other words, he looked back on his life. He realized that he had found a course that God had ordained for him and given to, given to him on a personal level. And he pursued that course to the end of his life. And that's why he could say at the end of his life he felt like he was a success. Okay? He was successful because he knew what God had called him to do and he pursued that one thing. He didn't pursue... Something, you know, in other words, you, you hear the story of Peter and Paul, the contrast between the two. You know, you, in, in your natural way of looking at it, Paul, you'd have thought Paul would have been sent to the Jews because he was a Pharisee and he understood the Jewish thinking and he had a lot of, of, of knowledge and, you know, he was a very brilliant man, but yet God chose a fisherman to go talk to those people. 
You know, he, taught, he chose Peter to really have a ministry primarily to the Jewish nation. And he sent Paul to the Gentiles, or, you know, the way the king, old King James, to the barbarians. That's what we were. We were barbarians at one time, according to the old King James. In other words, that God sent Paul to those people. Okay? So you see, Paul, you know, I, I can imagine there was a conflict at some point in Paul's life. Feeling like, I need to be back in Jerusalem. I need to be back there where the things are happening at. But he realized, no, that's not what God's called me to do. So what we have to do is get rid of the copycat syndrome in our lives. Okay? We need, we need to get rid of the copycats. Uh, and, quit try, and, and quit comparing ourselves to other people. Okay? And, and begin to really discover, this is what God's called me to do, and I'm happy with what God's called me to do. Okay? So we have to get that settled down in our hearts. And that's a huge key in your life if you can, do, if you can get that. But here's one of the, the things about really getting that, is letting, letting other people find their course, okay? And just because their course is different from yours, it does not mean it's less. You see, a lot of times we're challenged by other people's courses, okay? Instead of embracing their course and embracing what they're doing and encouraging them in it, we tend to you know, feel a little uh, uh, challenged maybe. And the reason we do, I think, is because uh, we don't have some issues of our own identity and things settled. And you know how you get that settled? You get that settled by the Father revealing Himself to you. It's this revelation of the Father's heart. And, and once, so once He begins to, to um, you begin to get secure in your own identity in Christ, then you can begin to really celebrate other people's callings and giftings. Even when even when you don't necessarily agree with everything they are doing or their, way, their whole way of approach. You can begin to still celebrate it, okay, because you realize they're walking out what God's given them to do. And, you, and your job is really to, as far as they're concerned, is to be able to cheer them on and encourage them on. And that's, that's really not an easy place for people to come to, but I think that's really critical for all of us right now. God, see, that's one of the things God's trying to do is get us settled, in who we are, our true identity, and get us settled in what He's truly called us to do and begin to pursue that. Uh, one of the things you, had to do, you do have to be careful about, you know, on a, is other people. There are, there's identity thefts out there, thieves out there. Okay, like in the natural, recently somebody up in Vancouver, Washington, was wanting to buy some medical laboratory equipment with my credit card. <laughs> so they called me and said, you buying some laboratory equipment? No, because <laughs> they have this computer thing that if you, nowadays if you have a credit card and somebody steals your number, if, if it does something weird like Vancouver, Washington, this guy lives in North Carolina, he never buys stuff like that, it recognizes it and will flag it and stop it. Thank God. I mean, I was going to buy thousands of dollars of laboratory equipment I never was going to use. <laughs> and then they were going to ask me to pay for it. <laughs> so, but there are identity thefts. Sometimes people will be aggressive with you about your... your, your uh, your course that you're on, and begin to challenge it. And, and you had to be careful. I had this happen to me recently. This was crazy. Somebody really went after me, okay, real hard. And I realized they're trying to, they're, and I lost my wallet. I left my wallet somewhere. I never do that. that was in, and I got in my car, and I was driving down the road, and I was going somewhere else where I was going to need my wallet. And I realized I'd left it at this restaurant. And the Lord said, I let, the Lord brought it up in my mind. He brought it up in my mind. If you listen to what that person was, going to, was telling you, you're going to lose your identity. 
Okay? So I went back, and I walked in the door, and I opened my mouth, and the guy said, here it is. That's what the manager of the restaurant. I felt like, I felt like a fool. <laughs> he said, don't worry about it. Okay, it was just a lesson God was trying to teach me about allowing the, the input that I allow into my life. You know, don't allow these detracting voices to come to you and, and, and throw you off the course that God's given you because you will not have real success if you, if you do that. Are y'all good this morning? All right, the other thing I wanted to read, let's read the First Corinthians nine twenty four through 27. The other thing that's really going to be a key for you, you... If we are really going to be successful, is I hate to give you this terrible word, it's called discipline. Now, discipline is, a, is an abused word in the church. Okay, here's how it's abused. Number one, many people overvalue discipline. And th- they think discipline is what's going to get them there. Discipline does not get us anywhere. Discipline really is a response. Okay? Okay? It's a response. So, so now, I'm... I want to read what Paul, Paul, Paul the Apostle was a highly disciplined person. He really was. This is what he said in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. He said, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in, a way such, such a, run in such a way that you may win. I mean, this guy was a winner. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He was, he, was run, he was running this race of life to win, not just to get through it. Everyone who competes in the game exercises, listen, everybody say self-control. Self-control in what? All things. Now, we need to get something. Biblically, God expects us to exercise self-control in all things. It's an expectation, but he's also given us the Holy Spirit to do it. So it's not something we have to do of ourselves. I think you all understand that. That they then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. In other words, Paul was saying for him to finish what God had given him to do, to be successful in his life, there was going to have to be self-control in his life, exercised. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. There has to be an aim. There has to be a focus. Okay? You're not going to be successful if you don't have some sort of focus in front of you, a direction you're going in. It's just not going to happen. Okay? I box in such a way as not beating the air. If you beat the air, the guy you're fighting is going to whip your rear end really good every time. Because you're going to be swinging around and he's going to sneak up behind you and pop you. But I discipline my body. That's his natural body. I want you to hear this this morning. I discipline my natural body and make it what? My slave. Now this is where it comes down. Our natural body, our flesh... Our natural mind must become our slaves. We have to enslave it. Okay, that's what he was saying. I, it's, it's, it's there, a slave is a servant. It's there to serve what God has given me to do. I'm not here to serve the desires of my flesh. Okay, I'm not here to serve the, the things that my flesh craves. Because if you do that, you're gonna, it's going to pull you away. This is good, isn't it? I discipline my body, make it my slave, so that... Now, this is what he was saying. After I preach to others, I, I, I myself uh, will not be disqualified. So we have, to, we have to, in a sense, make this decision that we are going to enslave ourselves. Our flesh is going to be enslaved. Our mind, our thinking is going to be enslaved. It's going to be a slave. It's in, so uh, one person, uh, one preacher, a great preacher said, I cannot afford to think any thoughts or have any thoughts in my mind that Christ himself doesn't have. 
That's what he said. I thought, wow, that's a profound statement. He, he, he had, had, had come to place in his mind, if Christ, is, if Christ is not thinking this, I'm not thinking this. That's where, that's where God wants us to be. So, so you see, without discipline, you can have the greatest calling. Okay, you can, be, you can be naturally gifted beyond measure. How many people know people who are highly intelligent, but they're failures? Just, I'm talking on a natural sense. They, they, they don't have a good job. In fact, they have, some of them have no jobs. They can't, they can't get a job. You know, they're so, uh, they're so brilliant, they don't have what we would call common sense. So they, have, they don't have social skills and things required to go. And, and so, Do you understand what I'm saying? Those people could... Those people could be real successful in life, but they lack some things. And one of the things they lack is discipline. They never allow themselves to be disciplined to learn the things they need to do to interact with other human beings so they could go out in the work world and be successful. So you see, we've really got to get in our hearts. If we're going to fulfill all that God has for us to do as human beings and as a church, it is going to take discipline and it's going to take focus. Okay, we're going to have to get focused on it and go after it and pursue it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Okay? Are you good? Yeah. All right, here's the third one. And the third one is, is the most important one because it's called desire. Okay? Desire. Y'all know what desire is. We don't have to define desire. Everybody has desire. Uh, desire, it to, really desire is the key to discipline. Okay? It's really what caused you to want to be disciplined. If, uh, in other words, a person who has a desire to become, a, say, say, a doctor or something that requires rigorous training, the desire's there, that means they are willing to go through what it takes, you know, to get their doctor degree so they can go out and practice. They're willing to go through all the things that, are, that require of them. So if you don't have desire, you can have all the discipline in the world, you can have all the calling in the world, and, but you're not going to be successful. It's just not going to happen for you. Now, that's, this is very biblical um, this, in fact, it says in Proverbs 10, 10, 24, the desire of the righteous will be granted. The desire of the righteous will be granted. Now, it doesn't say the right desire of the righteous. It just says the desire of the righteous. So in other words, you see how critical desire is for us. We can be people with wrong desires, but because of who we are, okay, those desires will be granted to us. And it may be the wrong desire. We may have desired the wrong thing. And we may get the wrong thing. You've heard the old statement, be careful what you ask for. Lots of truth in that. How many people have ever experienced that you have pursued God for something, asked Him to do something, and then He did it, you realize, oh, I wish He wouldn't have done this. That's, that's an example of Proverbs 10, 24. You know, it says, what the f- wicked fears will come upon Him, but what the righteous desire they'll get. So we really need to ask God. See, that was one of the things the Lord was dealing with me about. It's my desires because I began to look back in my life and saw some desires back there that were not necessarily the desires I need to have back then even, and especially not now. And those were the things that God was saying, you need to take those to the dump. They need out of your life. And I'm not talking about sinful desires here. I'm not talking about lust and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about just desires. Uh, we're about out of town. Just give me a couple more minutes and we'll... we'll this thing. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, uh, Paul tells us what the desire is. He, he, see, that's the great thing about the Bible. The Bible clearly shows you about desire. Uh, pursue love, 
yet, earnestly, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Uh, desire earnestly uh, spiritual. In the Greek, the word gifts is not there. So pull the word gift out. Earnestly, earnestly desire a spiritual, the spirituality, the spiritual realm, the spiritual world. That's really a key for us uh, as far as desire. That's to be, it needs to be a desire that we begin to say, that's the desire. I want to say something about the word desire because I, I love that word, uh, but I sort of hate it because I've been, called, uh, I've been called on the carpet by Becky many times in my life uh, about the word obsessive. She's telling me, you're, you're obsessive. You have an obsessive personality. To me, that's negative. But that is the strength of that word right there. Desire. It, is, it means to be obsessive about the spiritual. That's what we're instructed to be obsessive about. I don't know what you're obsessive, obsessing over. There, there's people who obsess over stuff. But what God was showing me, Byron, you know what? You've obsessed over this over here. Here's the evidence of it in your storage room. Okay? And that's not necessarily what you need to be obsessing over. Lust is another word that we could use there. That's how strong of a, a word that is, right? That's, it's strong. That's a strong, strong statement the Bible's making. Uh, so you see how desire is such a powerful thing. It's what Paul was saying. Desire is powerful. Desire is power. Desire is going to affect your life. It really is. It's going to determine your life. It's going to determine, are you going to live on this earth and do what you're supposed to do? Your desires are going to have that effect. on Your desires are going to be the thing that tells you, are you going to be disciplined enough to do these things that God, because without desire, discipline means you won't even have any discipline. Okay? It'll go away in your life. See, that's how God... And I believe one of the things in, our, in, in this in the body of Christ, honestly, if I had to say, we, what, where's, our, where's our, one of our biggest problems? It's lack of desire. We have a lack of desire for the spiritual. Let, let, well, let's get real for ourselves. I'm talking about overall. You as an individual, you may, be, you may be obsessing over the spiritual. I hope you are. But overall, the church in America, probably the church in the world, lacks this thing. If we, if we had to nail down something. And God will give us desire if we ask Him. He will give us the desire for the right things. Let me read Proverbs 18.1. Are y'all still good? Yeah. I'm going to try to get you home right quick. Uh, eight, Proverbs 18.1. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. You don't want to find yourself in that situation. Now, that's, this thing has been, been used you know, for people who leave churches or who quit going to church. And I think that's a good application. But let me tell you something. Uh, uh, let me just tell you something. This is the cause of many marriages to fail. Right there. It's a man or a woman in the marriage who is so obsessed with their own desires that the marriage is not that important. That other person becomes less important. And you can go through a time in your life when your, your, your marriage takes a lesser place then it should, because you are full of other desires, and your spouse may not have those same desires, and in fact, they may not even want you to be involved in those desires. Are you, I'm not talking about desire for another person. I'm talking about desires of things in this life that can pull you away in your marriage and destroy your marriage. So you see, self-desire is wicked. That is not the desire God wants us to have. He wants us to deal with self-desire. 
I'm telling you all this because in my stores room there was things telling me, Byron, that's self, that was self-desire. You know what that did to your, to your marriage? That hurt your marriage. I, mean, I had to go repent. You know, that hurt your marriage. And the thing is, it says, it says uh, this person who has a self-desire will quarrel against all sound wisdom. In other words, your spouse or, or, or can be telling you wisdom about what you're doing and you will fight them tooth and nail. Isn't that right, right Becky? That's the nature of man. I'm guilty. I'm, not, I'm confessing I'm guilty, man. I'm guilty of this. And I have dealt with people in the church who would withdraw themselves and you would go and try to reach out to them and they would give you 98 reasons why they were, they were quarreling against any wisdom. You see what I'm saying? How self-desire, that's how I'm just trying to get you to see the strength of desire. It's powerful. One more script. Let me just read this one more. And, and it's uh, Mark 4. Everybody knows this one. Uh, it's talking about the... Jesus talked about the parable of the sowers, a seed being sown. And he goes through these different scenarios. How come only one person out of four gets the word? <laughs> you know, like, just, if there's four people in the room and the word's preached, one's getting it and the other three's going to go home, maybe not necessarily getting it, according to the parable of the sowers. But this is just jumping in it. He's talking about what's, what happened. He said, and others are sown, and, and, and others are the ones on whom seed, being the word, was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We're all guilty of this. But the worries of the world, okay, and the deceitfulness of riches, okay, and listen to this, and the desires for other things. I don't, we don't worry about the worries of the world and riches, not, but let's talk about the desires for other things Enter into your life and choke the Word, and the Word of God becomes unfruitful in your life. That's power. That is power. If something has the power of choking the Word of God in our life called the desires for other things, we need to take some inventory. Okay? And that's what I'm saying to us this morning. God is calling the church, the body of Christ, into inventory time. Let's look in our lives and say, Lord, if the Holy Spirit leads you there, by all means, but in which I believe He is, not just based on my experience, but based on many people I'm in, interacting with and talking with, that this is something God's doing in this time. He's bringing us in a time to take a look at the things in us, the desires in us that don't need to be there anymore, or the desires in us that have gotten corrupted and that God is saying, let's, let's do something about that now. Let's do something because this is, this is not what needs to happen. You need to come out of this thing clean. You need to come out of this thing free. You need to deal with these wrong desires. Not, and I don't want us just to get hung up on just the sin ones, the, you, know, like, you know, like the bad ones. You know. Every boy in this room has bad desires that they've got to deal with. You know? And I guess women do. I don't know what they do, but I know about boys, you know. You know, but I ain't just talking about them. Those, yes, please do that. You, you've already gotten your brains beat out about that. I'm sure you know that. But I'm talking about these other things that are not necessarily what we would call sin. They're bad desires. They're wrong desires. No longer fit in your life. Because if you're going to be successful, you've got to have the right desires. And if you have the right desires, then you're going to be disciplined and you can fulfill your calling. And you can walk in a lot of success in, the, in this world. And that's what God's calling us to. Amen? There you go. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this word, God.
that has just come at, 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 I know at just a right moment for many of us as your word always does Lord and God I just pray right now that you would um, in our hearts show us the things the desires for other things that we need to lay down right now and Holy Spirit as you've illuminated those things in our hearts we just um, agree with it. And we just make a conscious choice today to lay those things down, Lord, and to seek the spiritual, to desire the spiritual. And now, Holy Spirit, now that we've done that, I pray that you would come fresh on each person. Come and inhabit those places in our hearts, God, that we've given to other things. Come, Lord, and fill us and, and cleanse us and, and move in us in an even deeper way as you can now, Lord, that the other things are out of the way. Come and have your way in our lives. Blow wind of God through our hearts. Blow wind of God through our spirits. Blow wind of God through our souls. And take your rightful place, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.